In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti. Alithos Anesti. We're approaching the Feast of the Pentecost. This is the last uh, Sunday of the 50 days, excluding the Pentecost. And today the Gospel was from John chapter 16. And as you know, the readings of this period are all about life and our eternal life. And that we, that we will experience through the resurrection. So during the, this period, we read about Christ being the bread of life. Then we talked about Christ being the living water. Then we talked about Christ being the light of the world. And then last week we talked about Him being the way, the truth, and the life. And today is, has also a similar theme that Christ is the access for us to the Father. Like through Christ we can access the Father and He gives us victory in our tribulations. So right now, as we mentioned, we're in a 10-day stretch between the Feast of the Ascension, the Feast of Ascension we celebrated just Thursday, and in a couple of days, next week, God willing, we'll celebrate the Feast of the Pentecost. And I think the church in its wisdom picked a very beautiful gospel for us to meditate on, because this gospel actually speaks about both. It speaks about the Ascension, and it speaks about the Feast of the Pentecost. And in this gospel... It, the Lord Jesus Christ references the Father seven times. I told you this is about access to the Father. In one spot the Lord said, But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. So my question is, what time is the Lord referring to? And if you search what the Father says, St. Cyril of Alexandria, he says that the time that's being referred to here is the Feast of the Pentecost. uh, St. Cyril, he says, We must surmise that the Lord meant the time that we are enriched with the knowledge that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of knowledge who reveals to us the glory of the Father. In another time, the Lord referenced the Father. He said, I came forth from the Father and have come again, have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So here he's speaking about the ascension. So you can see that the gospel is sort of bridging the gap from ascension to the Pentecost. The gospel begins today with an interesting verse, and pay attention to it because it's kind of tricky. It says, in that day you will ask me nothing. In that day you will ask me nothing. Then the next verse says, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask in my Father's name, he will give you. Until now you have asked me as nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And if you notice, it's kind of confusing because it says, in that day you will ask me nothing. And then the next verse says, ask and you will receive. So what is the Lord trying to say here? If we understand the verses before, if I could give you some of the verses before, our Lord says, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. And when the Lord said this, the disciples were like, what is this little while and a little while you see me and a little while you don't see me? What does this mean? And then our Lord knew that they wanted to ask the question. And so the Lord said, it says, Jesus knew that they desired to ask him and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me and again a little while you will see me? 
And so then, what the, like Abuna Tedros, what he mentions about this verse, he says, they do not need to ask for anything now that the Lord Jesus Christ has revealed himself to them. For in him is all satisfaction. In the Lord Jesus Christ is all satisfaction. The Lord Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and reveals himself in the hearts and fulfills all needs. They ask for nothing because the Holy Spirit grants them all the truth and guides them into it so that they can enjoy Christ's kingdom. And to build on this idea, I think one of the reasons the Lord said, in that day you will ask me nothing, He says they, like, they no longer need to ask how to reach the Father. They no longer have to ask how to reach the Father. It has become very evident and our Lord Jesus Christ, He said it, made it very clear. And that's why the disciples, their response was, See, now you are speaking plainly. Do you see that? That part came later. See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. It's like when someone explains something so well, like I just did to you, you have no more room for questions. That you just say, oh, now we understand. No more need of how we can access the Father. The second part of the verse is, is also very interesting. It says, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask in my Father's name, He will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. The idea is that now that we have access to the Father, we have access by asking in the name of His Son, our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And our church does an amazing job of this. Today we just prayed a baptism. After every prayer of the baptism, and in every prayer actually that's in the church, it always ends through a couple words, and even in the, through the grace, compassion, and love of mankind of your only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. Every prayer that we offer, we always conclude with that piece because we are saying we have access to the Father through the mention of the Son. Because the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is so powerful by itself. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ is so powerful. St. Paul, he says, Therefore God the Father exalted the Lord Jesus and given Him a name which is above every name. His name is above every name, that at His name every knee should bow. That's why if you notice in the liturgy, anytime we say the name, the Lord Jesus Christ, we go... And we bow. We fall down before just even the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why even many people, when they say the Lord Jesus Christ, they say, glory be His name. They, you can't just say the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Jesus, Jesus. No, you have to say it with honor and ma because the honor of the name of Jesus Christ is so great that every, uh, every knee will bow to that name. And this is the church teaching, always teaching us to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we have Absalis every day of the week during you know, the annual time that calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you're familiar probably with the Sunday Absali, but every day there's an Absali that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church also teaches us to pray using the Jesus prayer. The Jesus prayer is nothing else but the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they call this the arrow prayer. It's like a shot, like a, a dart. Or in modern terms, maybe it would be the gun prayer because it's such a penetrating, such a fast shot that reaches the heavens so quickly to say, O Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
As part of our little uh, book club, we were reading a book about the way of the pilgrim. It's about a man who learns how to pray using the Jesus prayer. And he starts to pray the Jesus prayer. He says it a couple times per day. Then he starts picking it up and then he's like really serious. And he says it a couple thousand times per day. And then like 3,000. Then he went to 6,000 times per day. And what was amazing about his story is that when he started to say it so often, it became so like unconscious. He would say it unconsciously. He said it was like his breathing. Do you think about breathing? No, you don't think about breathing, but breathing is something so natural. But he said, the Lord Jesus Christ, I would say the Lord Jesus Christ with a heartbeat. So the heartbeat would go boom, and he would say, Lord Jesus Christ. And then the heartbeat would again, and he would say, have mercy on me. So his prayer became so natural to him. That's what St. Paul, he talks about when he says, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? It's to keep the Lord Jesus Christ always on your mind. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because through that name, we have access to the Father. I'll read you just one part of that, that story, because it's very touching. He says, So now I walk and say the Jesus prayer without ceasing, and it is more precious and sweet to me than anything else in the world. When the cold air chills me, I begin saying the prayer with greater intensity and I warm up. I warm up. When it's cold, I say the Jesus prayer and I warm up. When hunger begins to overcome me, I begin saying the name of Jesus Christ more frequently and I forget I wanted to eat. When I became sick and I feel rheumatic pain in my back and legs, I pay greater attention to prayer and I do not feel pain. When someone offends me, I remember how sweet the Jesus prayer is and the offense and anger disappear and I forget everything. So here you see the power of the Jesus prayer, to say the, nor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ continually. But the Lord Jesus Christ made a substantial claim too. When he said, you pray in my name, he said, whatever you ask in my name, you will receive that your joy may be full. So you might be wondering, I've prayed for something that I wanted desperately, and I tacked on at the end of my prayer the name of Jesus, and I'm waiting, and not really anything has happened yet. You might say, like, dear Lord, help me get this new job in Jesus' name. Or, you know, dear Lord, help me to pass this test and get into a school of my choosing in Jesus' name. And you, or you might say, Dear Lord, help me to recover from my illness in Jesus' name. And then you might say, Oh man, I didn't get the test core I wanted. I didn't get the job I wanted. I didn't get into the school I wanted. So is the Lord, what is up with this promise? Lord, you promised that if we pray in your name, all these things will happen. I think there's many ways we can look at this, but when our Lord was speaking here about answering the prayers, He was speaking about anything that's pertaining to your salvation. I'll give you a couple examples. One was the example of St. Paul. St. Paul, when he had, had seen the vision of the third heaven, there was a thorn in his side, and he said he prayed to the Lord three times to remove this thorn from his flesh. I'm sure when he prayed, I'm sure he prayed in Jesus' name. But for some reason, 
the Lord did not take away the thorn from St. Paul. Why did the Lord not take away the thorn from St. Paul? Because the thorn was there for his salvation. It had a bigger purpose for him. And if you took away the thorn, then you might lose St. Paul. St. Paul might have lost his salvation. So the Lord gave the thorn and didn't take it away because he had a greater purpose, a greater vision for St. Paul. I think the same is true with a lot of things in our life, that God is looking for our salvation, always looking for our salvation. And what St. Paul realized is something amazing because the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. And the amazing thing is St. Paul didn't go and forsake God and say, oh, God doesn't answer my prayers anymore. Uh, I'm going to find a different way. No. Rather, he said, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast. I will boast. I will be proud. I will boast in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. So actually, if you see the end state of St. Paul, I would say it's better than actually taking the thorn away. His state was in a state of joy. Already he was in a state of joy and the thorn was with him. He was living a joyful life. This is what the end of the gospel says today. The things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have to be with good cheer. We have to be. In the world there will be tribulation, but we have to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Just this past week I was watching a, uh, a movie about some missionaries that went to go preach in an area, and actually the mission was very tough and there was very difficult persecution in this area and actually the people who were who were offering themselves to be martyrs they were willing to be martyrs but then actually the leaders started to doubt their faith and started to shake and I remember like as I was watching the movie I started to get like frustrated because the leaders were the ones that were starting to doubt their faith and they were saying, the persecution is too much. This is too much. We can't... And they prayed to God several times and they said, Dear Lord, end this persecution. End this persecution. These people are dying. And then they said, at least the leaders, they said God was silent. God was silent. He said God didn't answer. So actually the leaders, unfortunately, doubted their faith and... and and converted. And then I started to think to myself, oh man, could you imagine if St. George said, oh peace, <laughs> Seven, uh, two years is enough. I've already experienced two years of suffering. That's okay. That, I've got my good suffering. I'm done with this. And let's go to the temple of the idols and let's call it, no, <laughs> didn't happen like that didn't happen like that. St. George was convinced by this verse. He said, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have to believe this. We have to believe this. Like the three holy youth, the three holy youth, when Nebuchadnezzar said, Bow down and worship this golden image, 
said, no, I will not bow down and worship this golden image. He said, I'm going to throw you in the fire. He said, you can throw me. It doesn't matter. If God wants to deliver us, he'll deliver us. If he doesn't, oh well. That's, that's in God's hands. He said, oh well. And they were of good cheer. Why were they of good cheer? They knew their God was a God of power, a God of victory. And they had access to God the Father. They had access to God the Father. I think all of us, we need to like, have this in our minds, that we have over, our Lord Jesus Christ has overcome the world. He has given us victory, like the martyrs in Libya. If they all ch No, 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 we don't. Uh, our faith needs to be strong. How can our faith be strong? It has to, every day I was thinking about, every day when I was thinking about St. George, it starts at home in your prayer life. How do you pray at home? How do you attend your, do you, are you, when the Siam starts, are you going to be like, uh, oh, Siam's too long this year, uh, 50 something days, and, and then if we want to be life of the martyrs, if we want to be strong in our faith, then we have to shed the head in Ashwaya and go for it. You, you know, we have to be, because our Lord Jesus Christ said, He has given us victory. Is overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, and glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.